Hi. Hello. Hi. I said, hi. Oh, hi. Hi. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> um, welcome to It's a Shame. It's our podcast. It's about shame. And so many other things. Yeah. We, yep. <laughs> it's a podcast about shame. We want to talk about things that you might feel ashamed of, that we might feel ashamed of, because once we open them up, open the doors up and air it out, there's less shame in the room. Exactly. Give it give it some space, some room to breathe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, welcome to episode nine. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed the halftime show. Yes, we enjoyed the halftime show. We really did. You know, there was maybe some love happening. Maybe. We fell in love, you fell in love with us, we all fell in love. That is the dream. Love is all around us. And boy, <laughs> it was never more evident than in episode eight of season three of It's a Shame, the podcast. Um, yeah, hopefully you learned something. Um, and hopefully you'll learn something today while you're hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, I'm Danielle Nelson. And I'm Lily Rogers. And we are going to guide you on this uh, journey through topics related to shame and other topics Mm -hmm. that are maybe related to shame but maybe not meandering levels of shame yeah just it's it's a little bit of like a a shame uh maze (laughs) shame maze Um, i mean it does feel like a maze a lot of the time yeah well if once we start talking it is a little bit of a maze Uh 100 so if you can find your way through this maze with us then you are one of us and welcome yeah and uh (laughs) if you find your way to the end tell us you made it you can do it on the socials at shame pod yes or just email us tell us about your maze journey yeah let's do it um, there may be prizes there may be prizes in the end you can email us at shamepod at gmail to claim yours mm-hmm. um spoiler alert there isn't a prize <laughs> but you can still email us if you want um hope you're getting by hanging in there okay yeah not going too stir crazy. Mm-hmm. We're trying not to. <laughs> yeah. As we approach, uh, we get closer to. Uh, I was gonna say we, as we get closer to the uh, finale of an election year, but we're Ooh. recording in advance, so I'm hoping that nothing too crazy has happened that we're behind on right now, and that we don't feel tone deaf. So just know, dear listener, yeah, that when I bring up election year that we are recording uh late august so yeah yeah the rnc is going on yo that's that's the true facts yeah talk about no shame these motherfuckers well suddenly adderall and cocaine are trending on twitter yeah (laughs) so so much so much adderall (laughs) so much cocaine um so if you're listening for the first time uh one of the things we do to warm up the audience Mm -hmm. um is we do some brand new information brand new information brand new information to me me. Um, (laughs) we still really want there to be a song yeah i mean we sing it to ourselves we sing what yeah this the song came before this segment segment. in the the podcast we yeah i mean we may have told this already but like you know what you just listen anyway (laughs) um we were uh hanging out one night and lily gave me some brand new information and we just came up with a theme song for when one of us presents the other one with brand new information and now and we made the joke that we were going to start a podcast Uh called brand new information right and instead we chose a much more uplifting topic shame and we went with shame (laughs) 
<laughs> but we've incorporated brand new information to ease you into the shame spiral. The shame spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my brand new information this week is just um, a bunch of random facts. Fun. I love random facts. Okay. I'm very bad at remembering them, but... Yeah, me too. We'll see if I remember any of these. So these are... I'm sorry, cat people, but these are all fun <gasps> dog facts. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I roll. No, I love dogs. I know. Um, so, did you know that the Canary Islands off of Africa are not named after the bird, rather, but dogs? I did not know that. So it's... Uh, I guess Latin, it's like Canary Insula? Fuck that. I'm not going to do that to you or me. So anyway, in Latin, it's Island of Dogs. Um, So it's Canary Island is actually Dog Island. Um, That's cute. I didn't know that. Isn't that cute? That's brand new information. Brand new information. A couple more dog facts for you. Um, If you're a Beatles fan, uh, maybe you put on the song A Day in the Life, and Paul McCartney dropped a noise in the very end of the song that can only be heard by dogs. So if you listen to A Day in the Life at the end of the song, very often people have said their dogs either bark or stand up or like tilt their heads because it's like a very distinctive pitch that only dogs can hear. I love that. I know. Isn't that fun? And that's such a fun fun song too. There's like so much kookiness to it. And I'm like, of course a dog can only hear the end. I don't know that song, but I'm pretending that I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a number that seemed low to me. Um, 45%. Okay. Of all dogs in the United States sleep in their owner's bed. Oh, that does seem low. Low, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because almost everybody who I know who has dogs, they sleep in the bed. Yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah. And if you have a dog and they're crate trained or whatever, uh, you probably know this already, which is why they're crate trained. Once you let them in the bed, like, there's no going back. Mm -hmm. Like, you are just... When we first got our dog Penny, we we would we crate trained her and she would be like in her crate at night in the bedroom with us and she was super cool with it. She was like a totally mellow rescue. But then on the weekends we'd let her sleep with us and we made the mistake one time of like she slept Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then I just remember that Wednesday we tried to put her back in the crate. She's like, oh no. Hail to the no. You've made a terrible mistake. No. She was like, <laughs> and she was so smart. Like when we first got her, we it was a soft crate and she figured out how to unzip it and when like get out. So anyway, she sleeps in the bed and so does our other dog. And I'm like, <laughs> I know it smells bad and I know they're stinky, but I don't know. It's like why why have dogs if you're not gonna spoil them? Yeah. You know, you know I mean Although, saying that, when our cats do sleep with us, I'm not. I don't love it. Well, I, yeah, me either. And they lay at the, these angles where they just take up all the space. Yeah, it's incredible that an animal that small just, like, ends up being like, I can take up most of a king-size bed. You're and welcome. in this weather, I'm just like, God, y'all are hot. Yeah. And they just want to lay on me. Oh and I'm like, God. aren't you hot too? It's so funny because we have this friend who is also a cat person. Sorry to bring it back to cats. Uh, <laughs> but they have a very like fluffy long haired cat. And she always tells me, yeah, he tries to snuggle up on me when it's super hot outside because I'm at least cooler than he is. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, is that what they're doing? Oh, gosh. That's how they get you. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and ours just do frog dog on any floor surface. They just are like, 
bellies planted on the cool floor, like, and they just move from spot to spot. It's a really cute position to capture them in, though. It's, yeah. it's quite funny. They look like rugs to me when they do that. <laughs> They're like, at least trying to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cute. They're like, let's get as flat as possible. Okay, and yeah, so here's an, a, my last one. It's very useful. Um, so if you're ever wondering if a dog committed a crime, even though they don't have fingerprints, their nose prints apparently are as unique as the human fingerprint. Oh. So every dog's nose print is like dramatically different than the other. So if you, if you want to dust for fingerprints, don't go for the paws. You're looking for nose prints. Pray that somewhere or sometime you let them in a car uh-huh. or there was a window where they could see outside. Um, but crime solvers. Another fact that I didn't look up, but it's true. Once you get dog nose prints on your window, you're fucked and they'll be there forever. Um, you'll it's never like glue. Get, it's like glue. You'll it's never like, get them this out. Is, this lives here now. Yeah, totally. It's really funny. I was laughing because I, uh, I just got a new, a new laptop and it has one of those like, you know, finger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. print recognition things to open it whatever and so I just had this vision of like instead of your finger you using your dog's nose <laughs> like every time you want to open your computer you have to call a dog over put your nose on this little tiny pad I just also love the idea like that my dogs like learn they can like watch things they enjoy on my phone so oh. they just program it with their noses uh-huh. so that they, can, they can open it like let's go to the Canary Islands yeah exactly you know it's the island of dogs not birds <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure you loved as a fact. Oh, because... it was like my favorite. I'm just not. I'm... You love dogs. But Fun. brand new information maybe for you, listener. I'm not a big fan of birds. Mm-hmm. I don't love them. Yeah. I'm sort of ambivalent about birds. I think they're fun to watch. I used to have one, and I know that you're very suspicious of people who have birds as pets. But <laughs> I did have one, and it was a delightful time. We had We had fun together. Yeah. And you know, I was such as a, much fun as you can have with a bird. I was such a creative thinker. I still am, you know, it's not part of my job or anything. That I named my bird feathers. Oh, well that's cute. Is it? I think so. I <laughs> or mean, is it lazy? I don't I mean, hey, it's right there. It is it's right, right there. there. It's low hanging bird fruit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low hanging bird. <laughs> oh, I love those low hanging birds. I know, I don't. Um, I don't like any of them. I don't trust a bird. I don't. Mm-mm. I've never met a bird that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So take that, birds. Ooh. That's my brand new information. Um, yeah. I Okay. I have some brand new information, too. That... Are yours just an assemblage of facts about one specific, dan- specific animal? No. Okay. But I kind of wish it was, because how amazing would that be? That would have been really funny. I just been like, we are so in sync this week. No, mine was just like super lazy. I was like, okay, brand new information. And I like that though. I like the random facts. Like I do, I have to do that a lot because I'm like, oh, what did I learn this week? I don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's go I, to the Google machine. Well, I have seriously gotten to the point where I'm like, maybe I should just do the Google Doodle, <laughs> and then I'm like. No, everybody looks at the Google Doodle and knows that it's some random person's 141st birthday. <laughs> yeah, I do the Google Doodle like probably one out of every eight Google mm-hmm. Doodles. Like mm-hmm. I don't do it that often. Yeah, but I mean, I just feel like it's one of those things that more people probably know about because they followed the Google Doodle path. Remember when they were rare? Yeah. Now they feel 
maybe overwrought. Maybe, maybe that's why I bit. only look at one every eight because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know whose birthday is it today. Yeah. I hate birds. I'm a miserable person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just realized I've started this podcast off being so negative. I'm just like very surly this week. And I'm like, I lit up when I'm talking about dogs. And then I'm like, I hate birds. And guess what? Fuck you, Google Doodle. (laughs) You're in for quite the ride. Amazing. Yeah. Um, No, so my my brand new information is actually, uh, because I watch a lot of YouTube. This is not, that's not the brand new information because duh. Um. But, so I recently started following someone, and I'm slowly becoming obsessed with her. Her name is Bernadette Banner. It's a great name. Wonderful name. Um, And she is a, I don't know her exact job specifically, but she's some sort of, like, clothing historian. That sounds amazing. hate that I described her that way, because I'm sure she has a very specific and wonderful and meaningful title. Um, but that's kind of what I gather from it. And so she hand makes a lot of clothes in a historically accurate way. And, um, like my, one of my favorite eras in terms of aesthetics is the Edwardian era. And Mm -hmm. that is also something that she's very into. Okay. So recently she put out this video where she shows and makes an Edwardian wrap cape. Is that just a cape? No, sort of, but it's like, it's a cape that it kind of has like, a, <laughs> almost like a wrap vest situation, oh. but it's also a cape and it's like okay. white silk lined and it's black and it has like a little bit of a collar and I'm fucking in love with it. And I'm like, oh God, I wish that I knew how to sew and had the time to do these amazing, beautiful things or that I could buy them somehow because I want a historically accurate Edwardian wrap cape mm-hmm. now. Didn't know that that was a thing that I wanted in my Me life. Either. I like that, again, sticking with my negativity, I'm just like, is that just a cape? <laughs> like, you're like going into detail about this a very, like... A cape is a cape is a cape. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I say that, but then if you were to wear it out, I would freak out over the detail. Oh, and you it know? is beautiful. I bet it is. Like once yeah. she makes these things and you see the finished product and you just, you see the difference between what, like, hands making things with techniques that were like made for things to last uh-huh. it's just it's night and day difference so anyway there's this edwardian cap wrap cape that i'm very interested in but then she also did a double whammy in this video and she paired with this company to make a shoe to match it so there is this company called american duchess and now i'm gonna look them up because i'm obsessed i'm sure that i can't afford the shoes because like the process in how they make them is very like mindful about like every single detail is very important and Mm -hmm. when they send things to the manufacturer everything is like on a spec sheet and it's all very specific and everything is like ethically and like sustainably and like long lasting made like these things are made quality shit yeah it's quality shit that it's not it's not like fast fashion by any means so anyway there's this there's shoe company called american duchess and they will make you uh authentic Edwardian shoe and it's not only the Edwardian period but those are the ones that I also buy with and they're just so beautiful Mm. and they're like this little heel and the way that they are made is like for a perfect balance about how you're like 
they're made for like long standing, like long walking situations. Oh, Not wow. like, you know, heels today where it's just like, this is cute. Good luck like, for you. Whatever. Good luck. Yeah. Your, your feet are bleeding. Yeah. Within 15 minutes. But These are going to be great for about a block and a half. Exactly. So anyway, there's this, I just, I'm fascinated because I didn't even know that this could be a thing where like the stuff that I would nerd out about fashion wise, where I just felt like nobody does this stuff and you know, it's gone and I might want it. I can get an American Girl doll and she can wear those clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just imagined you like collecting all of these Edwardian like dolls and outfits and I'm just like really what's happening and you're like I can't find them for myself so at least Petunia (laughs) can wear them (laughs) and I'm slowly slipping into madness no (laughs) but it was really it's been really fun and fascinating to see like other people who kind of like uh, gravitate toward this aesthetic who are actually like doing it in real life and it's still a thing and can make a living off of it and just nerd out over this stuff I love it so. It's also part of your brand new information that tonight you're going to break it to me that you're really going to like take a hard pivot into Edwardian dress. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I am thinking about it, incorporating it more into my overall aesthetic. Because you it's should. something that I really gravitate toward. But finding pieces that like, so I kind of want to meld that with sort of my oversized, weird draping a lot of Japanese style stuff. I kind of want to meld the two of those together and just, I don't know. Where would I like? You should. Yeah. We all should. Exactly. So yeah, I I might kind of get a little old fashioned. I like it. I'm I'm hoping that I emerge from COVID a butterfly (laughs) from the cocoon, but I'm worried that I will emerge from COVID still very much cocoon. Yeah, I mean, we're all just gonna be wearing like a dog bed as clothing, right? Dude, I mean, (laughs) fun fact about dog beds: Um, not many dogs sleep in them. Yeah, you might as well just wrap up in it and zip yourself in. Dude, I've been wearing, like, the most random shit. Mm -hmm. And then I put on a bra, and I feel like a cat who, you know, like, when you tried to put your cat in a harness? Yes. And it just was, like, I I don't know how to function. Yeah, like, like, don't work. Yeah, that's, like, me in an (laughs) underwire bra. I'm, like, well, now I have this one. How do I use my arms? No, I literally sat down here tonight when I first came over. Are you in an underwire bra? Me too. Yes. So I, I sat down. I dug my index finger underneath the wire and went, like, ugh, bra. Yeah. No, I keep doing that. I go for the middle and I'll take my thumb and like pull the underwire away from my skin yeah. for like a moment of like, relief. Get off me. And then I'm like, what am I even wearing an underwire bra for? Oh my God. So I've also described recently uh, another new COVID aesthetic that I'm definitely going to lean into that is not Edwardian in any sense of the word is I just kind of want clothes that I can like flounce around inside of. And by that, I mean, like, it touches me sometimes. So that means, like, basically a dress that looks like a shower curtain, which I just ordered. Like a sleeping bag. I just ordered one recently. It's, like, flower print and gigantic, and it just feels like if it touches my body, it might be an accident. I love it. I've, I've seen you in it, so I, I think the pattern is lovely, and it's it looks, like, super lightweight. It's It's human clothing shower curtain yeah style i ordered some clothing online during covid and uh, spoiler alert it's all that it's like weird like lightweight like just 
boxy prints mm -hmm. that I'm like, am I wearing a bra? Do I have boobs? <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> That's know. The yeah, you, do I even have do boobs? Do I even have boobs? You'll never you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. could just get, you know, speaking of like, and this isn't Edwardian, or maybe it is. You maybe can tell me it sounds like maybe it's like antebellum or some shit, but like maybe if I could just get like a hoop skirt. Oh, to wear yeah, like yeah. from the shoulders out so that it's just like like I'm an umbrella. <laughs> like I'm just an umbrella. You don't know my size. I'm like Billie Eilish. Like I'm just like I don't want you objectifying me so I'm going to wear like the baggiest, oh, craziest yeah. shit. Billie Eilish has some great COVID style because it's basically, yeah, just like oversized. Like yeah. I exist somewhere inside of this yeah. clothing. And I don't want you, you to talk about like right. how big or small or whatever. Like so yeah. I'm just wearing... A sack, which is also how I feel about COVID. So I'm like, yeah. Essentially, if we could just all wear the Ralph Macchio costume from Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he is hey. a shower. Okay, wait, I don't know. I thought you meant like a kimono. No, 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 no. no. I've never seen Karate Kid. Uh, oh, well, okay. Does he dress up as a shower curtain? Yes. Is he? Yes, because, uh, so... Okay, it has been very many years since I've seen this movie, so this might be factually inaccurate, but um, I think he's trying to hide from the rival guys, but he wants Is to, Is it, like, like, Halloween? Yeah, it's Halloween. And he wants to, like, hide from his rival. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love the idea <laughs> that he's, like, it's not Halloween. It's not Halloween. And he's just like, I'm going to hide from these guys, so I'm just going to wear a shower curtain out in public. No one will ever suspect me. Yes. No, it's not that. It is Halloween, and he's trying to... He wants to hang out with Elizabeth Shue, the love interest, and... Oh, my God. She must have been a baby. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You She's know, basically she an infant. Mm -hmm. I think it's her, at least. I'm pretty sure. Again, factual inaccuracies might be right <laughs> Spoiler for Spoiler alert. Story. Brand new information next week will probably be a lot about Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> karate Kid Correction Corner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, so anyway, he goes to a Halloween party, but he is dressed as a shower, so he has, like, built oh, this, like, so he can just around hide him within that it. is a shower curtain. And That's he, like, what I need. And I think at one point he, like, pulls her into the shower with Cute. him. That was so sexy. Um, but yeah, so that's what I envision as, like, my COVID aesthetic. Okay, yeah, me too. And a hole for my face, maybe, if I feel like it. Also, maybe not, because COVID. I don't want to get my germs on you. You don't even know that I'm in here. Can you hear my voice? Yes, that means you can sell me this wine. I'll slide my credit card and ID to you through the slot that I've got in the shower You don't even need to curtain. see. I mean, use, maybe, like, use a, um, a GoPro or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, the shower head that's, like, doing the looking for you. <laughs> Or like a drone, a drone that just flies above the shower <laughs> and is beaming in the or outside. I have like like too. a little like t not telescope, but what are those things that like pop up like from submarines, like a something scope? Oh yeah, a periscope. Periscope. Like I have a periscope <laughs> that just like comes up when I need exactly. to like see. I, oh, I'm into boy. it. This has been quite the brand new information. Ooh, that was a journey. I guess I need to watch Karate Kid. All I know is wax on, wax off. Yeah. And that the guy, the mentor's name sounds like me trying to say my name when I'm drunk. Oh. What is the mentor's name? Mr. The, the, Miyagi? No, not Mr. Or maybe it's the kid's name. Oh, Daniel Sutton. Daniel Sutton. <laughs> and I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm like, that's me. Like, but hi, it's me. I'm Daniel Sutton. <laughs> That is Danielle Nelson. <laughs> it is. And that's all I knew is that. I didn't realize Mr. Miyagi was the coach. Yeah. Okay. Danielle's Danielle the kid. Danielle's Because, you know, like, that's the, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, so maybe that's my new nickname. I love it. Danielson. Danielson. <laughs> Although, is that mildly racist? We have no idea. I don't know. But hey, if Hope it is, not. it's brand new Hope information not. to me. I need to, yeah, I need to watch Karate Kid. I mean, I feel like with any... 80s movie. 80s film at all, period. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> check in with like what... Hey, maybe that's not my the, new nickname. What was the racist situation happening in Yeah, because there was one. Because I think sure. the wax on wax off stuff is like mildly racist also. Like, I don't know. It's problematic probably in so many ways. Yeah, I just it was popular and then like we just never, I don't know, we just never watched it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember liking it but also being very stressed out by it. Because I was a sensitive Stakes child. were high. Yeah, a little high. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets stressful. I think. Okay, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a watch. Yeah. Um, this week we're talking about something super uplifting that's oh, not difficult to talk about at no. all. No, I'm just looking forward to this so much. Yeah, we've. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, financial shame. Mm-hmm. It's time to talk about money. It's time to talk about m- 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 money and the shame you might feel surrounding it. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we danced around this topic for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it came up a little bit in our shopping episode. I think it comes up from time to time. It comes up from time to time. Yeah, because, you know, I think it's just something we've always dealt with. So it's peppered throughout our mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to lean into some... Uh, major topics i suppose within that realm yeah so it's uh when we talk about financial shame um we've like you were saying we've talked about it in episodes before and it's such a multi-layered topic because there it's it starts so early in terms of just like whether you you start to understand, like when you're a kid, how you begin to understand socioeconomic differences, right? right. And the haves and the have-nots and all right. that. Yeah. And if you're in the have-nots, you know, like maybe you, you feel shame about that. Or maybe you're in the haves, but you just, you grow up surrounded by uh, a language that is like, it's shut down. We don't talk about money. You don't talk about that. It's embarrassing. Don't. I mean, I just think, like, the messaging that you get from the people around you really kind of informs your how you feel about money, what you understand money to be, what your yeah. relationship with money is. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we've you and I have discussed on the podcast that uh, we share that we were both raised by, you know, primarily by single moms who mm-hmm. had very limited income. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were always acutely aware of that that there were a lot of things that we didn't have access to that we wanted access to or feeling shame about the things we didn't have but then also the shame of then when you start to get a little bit of money or you're working like feeling bad about spending the money mm-hmm. um there's just yeah. so much there's and- a yeah there's a fraught relationship with finances i think for everyone or at least most people um but yeah it looks very different depending on definitely how you were raised and then also just um your exposure to people of a different socioeconomic background than you absolutely Um, in either way that that goes yeah and also just like the relationship that you 
develop with money. And I mean, just to kind of put it in perspective, like I've probably said this on the podcast before, but the majority of people who seek out couples counseling, like once they're there, one of the main things, if they're like in a committed, especially if they cohabitate, Mm -hmm. one of the things that, especially for premarital counseling, Mm -hmm. it's usually about how do we talk about money? Yeah. Because like you're suddenly merging a life with someone and no one, and no one talks about money in the same way. Right. Whether you've, and we've all witnessed that in friendships and maybe there are some people that prefer to, um, like I've had friends who very much keep, I don't want to say keep a ledger, but like they, they, they enjoy and feel maybe better when they know, like if I've bought their drink or if I picked up dinner, like they, they keep track of it. Right. And they're like, no, 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 you did this last time. Like it's on me. Right. And, um, yeah, so we, you and, you and I and our partners, we spend a lot of time together. And I think when we first started hanging out, there was a bit of that and we still do it. I mean, like, you know, like where we'll be like, Oh, like let us get dinner. And then you're like, okay, we'll get it next time or whatever. Yeah. But like, I really try not to, to keep track. Yeah. Yeah. I think that here's kind of where I'll start. And I think that it's, maybe we'll discover over the course of the rest of the rest of this episode like where this comes from but money is just one of those things that I if I don't have to I would love not to have a thing over or to fight about or forever to become like a contentious situation so yeah yeah yeah, I think that's why I'm like we don't ever bring it up is because I'm just like which is probably why a lot of people would say I'm not great with money yeah same same if I have if I have it like I will be generous with it. Like and right. I have I have this phrase that I've been saying for years and I'm like money and weight are two things with me like and everyone they come and they go. Like yeah. sometimes I've got more of it, sometimes I've got less of it. I try not to put too much stock in when I'm up or when I'm down on either account. Right. Like to be like, oh, like oh, things are really tight right now, like I'll get stressed out in the same way like oh, I've put on some weight. Like I try to just be like you know in seasons of your life mm-hmm. that these two things fluctuate. Right. So like try not to ever be too hard on yourself like because you've always made do and you will continue to right and some people I think they have such a different relationship with money than I do that like for them kind of no matter what it's just this is the this is how we balance the books like this is like you you owe me exactly this much and like yeah you know it doesn't kind of matter who has more right now or who has less. It's just sort of like, this is, like, this is, this is it. This is it. And, you know, I think that some people probably excel financially a little bit more in terms of taking care of their own finances who do that. Yes. And who will kind of think about like all of the ways that their money is going and coming in. And I try not to be judgmental. I mean, we have a mutual friend who understands money very well and I had to learn that their relationship with money is not something for me to just because they don't handle money the same way that I do doesn't mean anything. Right. And initially they were someone who would be like, oh, you owe me, you still owe me $7 for that mm-hmm. thing. And I would just be like, Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> but then like later I was just kind of like the, the deeper that I got to know that person, I understood that just like we all have our need to assert control in certain areas this person it was finances and they they liked to under to understand where they were at and they felt protected and safe 
when they knew those things. And I realized it wasn't about me as much as it was just about like, that was their individual relationship with money. And everyone has a totally different relationship with it. Absolutely. And I think that also just experiences with other people and money. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people who have either been taken advantage of financially or seen people be taken advantage of financially in their life probably have a little bit more of that like that's Need not to protect happen to themselves me. yeah 100 right. right. because like if i give you an inch you know it, like you'll take a mile sort of mm-hmm. situation like no matter who you are no matter how good of a friend and if you i are, give everybody seven dollars yeah. suddenly i'm out of seven hundred dollars right and, exactly yeah 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 which in a way is like just wise yeah i, I mean i kind of wish that i had that me too <laughs> but but i think you and i are the same and that i'm kind of like conflict averse with myself right and money like i don't like to think about it well and then i i mean but then i also perseverate on it yeah and i mean there's there's definitely a line between being generous and then being like irresponsible sure right right i feel like you like we have this uh saying in our friendship constantly where it's just like oh it all comes out in the wash like we bought this you bought this yeah but i mean i do feel like that isn't an irresponsible thing because we trust each other a lot. And I think, too, when you're in sort of a friendship or relationship situation where you're you're kind of, like, passing it back and forth a lot. And we are. Like, not... It's not a huge deficit on one side. And yeah. you can tell when things start to feel a deficit on one side, right? Where it's yes. just kind of like, oh, maybe we're not going to get this one again or whatever, yeah. you know. Well, we had something happen within the last week or two... Where I guess we had gotten, we did, we've been doing takeout together some nights on COVID Mm -hmm. and we did takeout one night and I guess that we had um, picked up, I didn't even think about the fact that we had picked up the tab. And then we hung out the next week or several days later and you said, oh, you guys got dinner the other night. Like, let me get this. And it occurred to me like, oh, I guess we did get dinner the other, you know, like it just Mm -hmm. wasn't anything that I was thinking about. But I do think our friendship is very unique in that, um, we both are in partnerships with just another person. Mm-hmm. We don't have kids. Right. We spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. We travel together. And, like, you're right. We're kind of keeping an eye on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you guys had picked up dinner, I would have been aware of that. Right. I would have been like, oh, they got us dinner. Like, we need to get them back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think too, it just comes to, yeah, being very aware of it because, like, I'm a person who has debts and has had past debts that I haven't even paid. We'll get into that. But, like, I don't... I'm trying to, like, learn and grow out of that. Yeah. Like, irresponsibility of just not thinking about it. So I kind of just... I do try to be very aware, like, okay, this happened a couple of times where, like, I haven't really pitched in. I haven't, like... So I need to take this one, you know, and I can. And, you know, it's not just a situation where my friend is treating me because I can't do something. Yeah. Like, I absolutely can. So, you know, I need to be present and mindful about those things. I think that, yeah, it's, it's a long journey to, like, figure out how and where you're going to be with your money and other people's money and your relationship with debts and paying things back. And- 100%. I mean, like, I I have debt. Most of us do. Yeah. 
Um, I have student loan debt. Um, we just got a car, a new car. I paid off a car. We got a car. I have new car debt. Um, I have, yeah, student loan. I, I've got debt. I've got credit card debt. Um, I think when I, growing up, like we just, it, it oscillated between, I didn't really understand. I did, it, it oscillated between like complete mis, lack of understanding, I should yeah. say, about money mm-hmm. and knowing too much, like in terms of like having mm-hmm. a single mom and like, excuse me, knowing like how much money we had for groceries or that this was the monthly budget. Like I, I knew those things. I was aware of those things. Like I knew when we were grocery shopping, like there were certain things like we could not afford. So right. like I would not ask for them or when like we went to the shopping mall, like I went straight to the clearance rack. Like yeah. there were ways that I behaved when I interacted with like commerce. Like I just knew like we can't afford those things. But then like there were other things that were never explained to me, like mm-hmm. credits, credit scores or how to yeah. understand, like how to balance your money. I just knew that money was always tight. That's right. all I really understood about money right. growing up. And yeah. then, you know, my parents were divorced and my dad, it was very different. Um, you know, with my mom, it was very tight. And my my dad would like treat us and like, it was like exciting because we would like go out to eat and we could like have McDonald's and like, you know, like if it was back to school shopping, like my mom couldn't afford us, my dad would take us. But like, he was kind of out of the picture, like yeah. in terms of like, just go shopping. But we like, would always still, I'd still go to the clearance. You know, like I would never be like, dad, I want this like $500 thing. Like I would, I was, I still was in that like mindset of like, we don't have enough. Right. And I also was so insecure about money and that I would never ask him for things unless like, and it was so hard to talk to him about money. And like, yeah. it was just like with my mom, we just didn't talk. You don't ask for things and you don't talk about it because like, we just don't have it. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I grew up without a lot of money. Um, Sometimes we had more than other times, and more wasn't a lot. And especially uh, in my, like, elementary school years, younger years, uh, I had a lot of wealthier friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, I lived very differently from them, but my parents tried to, like, give me enough that I wasn't, you know, like very obviously the poor kid at school, Yeah. but I still was, but like it, it wasn't like they try their best and they kept me in like, you know, nice clean clothing and all that stuff. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, and we were doing like, okay. And then my parents got divorced and then, you know, when my dad started paying child support to my mom, like that was like, you know, she used that money to live. She was a student at the time. And I remember Same. I remember going from, moving from a house where I had, you know, it was a very, like, middle-class house to student housing because my mom was in college. And it was, like, this completely run-down... I think I've talked about this before um, on the podcast. <laughs> but it was just, like, this tiny, like, house. And it was, like the floor was caving in and I shared a room with my mom and it was, it was just like very. How old were you? Oh, like third grade. So it's like seven, eight, maybe younger than nine. 
I don't understand children. Yeah, I don't even understand myself myself as as a a child. child. (laughs) 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 Exactly. But it was just, it was interesting because, like, I definitely understood the shift Mm -hmm. and the difference between the two things. Oh, yeah. But it was, I was still just a kid and trying to, like, you know, make the most of it. And, you know... I, I remember, like, going to my friends' houses, that, and they were just, like, they lived in these huge houses. Like, some of their dads owned, like, several Lamborghinis. Like, I remember that kind one of thing, like, that would blow my fucking mind is I had friends who had clothes in their closet with the tags still on. Oh, yes. And it would just blow my mind. Totally. And I was like, the tags are still on this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you didn't rip them off immediately? Yes. <laughs> you didn't get it. Yeah, like. Or yeah. I would go to their house, and they would have different bedding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean, like, different sheets. Like, we changed our sheets, obviously. Yeah. But, like, a different comforter set. Yeah, With, yeah. like, a dust ruffle. And I'd or, be like, like, you have an more exciting... than one dust ruffle? <laughs> yeah. I don't even have one of those, but, like, you have several? Totally, yeah. Yeah. Or just, like, technology, right? Like, they had, like, a really nice, like, modern TV. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like, when I was hanging out with, like, um, in that period of junior high like doing cheerleading and dancing and stuff like that. Like we would like practice in each other's houses. So there was a lot of like looking at other people's sound systems. Oh yeah. And my mom just had like a nice, like not even nice. It was just like an Iowa boom box. Like mm-hmm. that's what we had in our house. Yeah. And like, then I would go to people's houses who had fucking surround sound uh-huh. and like a like 17 disc player changer or whatever. And you're like, damn. Oh, like, totally. So yeah. Yeah. Like so these friends who I was talking about, a lot of their parents made, cause uh, we lived in Santa Cruz. So we were like, early tech industry adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of, like, their dads, like, invented some kind of computer chip or whatever. So they would have, like, all this crazy technology, right? And then, like, I remember having sleepovers at the student housing that we lived in where the fucking kitchen t- uh, floor is caving in. And uh, we still had we still had one of those televisions that uh, was, like, in the wood frame uh-huh. and it was like basically like a piece of furniture that your tv like was like a part of and yes. sat inside and you had to like get up and like dial it yes to like get we didn't have cable we didn't have channels and like i definitely remember going to my friends like houses and they were just like all oh, this fancy stuff but i was just like here's my these oh and not only that uh the earthquake in 89 uh in that area uh, we had a VCR and it fell off of the top of the television during the earthquake. And so the entire front of the VCR fell off. So it all that was showing was like the computer circuitry, but it still had like the back buttons. Like, you know, when a button comes off your laptop sure. and it's just like a little like knob button. Yes. It was that. And you couldn't even see what the different buttons were. I had just memorized it. Of course. So I'm like operating this like VCR that's just like a computer circuit board basically and nobody else can do it because I'm just like oh yeah I remember where play and rewind and all of the buttons are so like I had to operate operate it but I remember being so ashamed of that that I actually made up a lie and I got another friend involved and she was like kind of my more sympathetic friend and she was like okay I will I will (laughs) I will meet you in this lie where I told them I had made it from a kit because I was so embarrassed because of how it looked and it was like yeah. and I was just like oh yeah it just looks as though like I like kind of invented it like I made this from like a kit and they were like okay weirdo <laughs> like is that better I don't know <laughs> I 
love that you're like, it's a situation where it's like, if the front end fall off, I built this shit from scratch. Exactly. And that's how I'm industrious, motherfucker. And it's clearly a lie. So like, oh man, that's just like really embarrassing. But I do remember like the first time that I had like a slumber party in that house and like one of my friends going home and, and she was one of my richer friends and she had such a nice house and I feel like she like wanted to go home because my house was like gross. Do you did you ever have people over to your house first? Because, like, you didn't want to go to their house and see how nice it was. And then, like, that was a big no. thing with me for a while. Is, like, if I could have them over first, mm-hmm. like, then I wouldn't feel worried or ashamed. But, like, I could. Like, but then I wouldn't know. Yeah. And then, like, if I went to their house first, like, then I had something to compare it to. So, yeah. for a while, I had this, like, crazy need to, like... Yeah. Just, just have people over. Yeah, first. Right. Just so that... Beat them to the punch. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, that's just something that... It, it's weird, that sort of, like, financial shame when it's not really your own. It's kind of just your parents and how you grow up and... and but as kids, it's, ref- it's, it's still reflected on oh, you. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and I remember, too, like... So, again, when I was in high school... Uh, I went to high school in a very suburban zone where there were like upper, upper middle class peers. And um, for whatever reason, I just really wanted to fit in with them, which was a mistake. Uh, I should have actually found my real peers. But, uh, you know, everybody lives in like cookie cutter houses and and we lived in a trailer. And like... I remember my sister having a huge party. I know that I've told this story on this podcast before, so I apologize. But I, it, but it just sticks with me because it's one of those moments where I'm just like, when I remember thinking about it and just being like, all oh, every single person who's here has a nicer house than this. Yeah. And it feels... But as a kid, you know it too. Yeah. Like, you're aware of it. And yeah. that's when that shame starts to kick in. And it's like, the lesson is like, you're rewarded with money for you know like for having this kind of job or doing that and like and like the the messaging is is it you know especially when we're surrounded by like advertising and this messaging of like keep up with the joneses like it's very wealth is so aspirational at its core and it starts young i mean like you want the toys the other kids have yeah and you'll definitely and you want the clothes the other kids have i mean you want the name brand shit you know like well and it's strange too because it's such a conversation, or at least it was in, like, the 80s and 90s, where it was, like, other people would point out if you didn't have 100. And so it God made rest it your soul if you more. wore some shit that was, like, not a starter jacket or a starter cap, and right. it was, like, a knockoff brand. Exactly. Yeah, and just that feeling of, like, oh, not only do I not have money, but everybody notices very strongly yeah when I don't have what they have yeah and I mean it almost feels like now people are just like like we we don't even notice people who aren't in our realm well I mean that's an interesting way to segue because it's like now I think our relationship with money is very different I mean you know we started the podcast talking about how like 
you know, we try not, neither of us is like trying to keep a ledger. Like if I have money, like I think it's such a unique thing for me that like I grew up like not having it, that it's made my relationship with money as an adult very kind of schizophrenic in a way because it's like I like got a credit card as an adult when we got married because I had I was getting my licensure and like it's it's expensive like I had to pay for courses I had to take the exam I had to buy books for that like I didn't have that money so I was like I have to get a credit card and I was like okay and I'd never had one before I tried to and I'd always been like if I don't have the money for it then I can't afford it because that's just what I was raised with and here I am like in my early 30s with my first like true credit card and I just went bonkers and not like shopping spree (laughs) but like I bought a bunch of stuff to prepare for my career and then I like started working as a like you know and a a new like making more money than I'd ever made before which I was was a social worker it wasn't a ton Mm -hmm. but then I wanted to travel and I thought well this is an investment just like those books were like and I it just happened so fast and like I put a lot of debt on the card and then I started to panic and I yeah. was just like so I it's weird because I I find even now I I'm still oscillating like I was before where it's just like if I have it I just like it's not like I want to spend it but I don't want to think about it like you yeah. said I don't want to like nickel and dime because I've done that my whole life yeah I mean I it's interesting because I did sort of the same thing in terms of like okay I didn't really have money but then when I started like needing to borrow money to go to college and then like have certain life experiences that I knew were going to just enrich my life and 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 make me a a more I don't know I won't say more productive member of society because that's total bullshit. But just like, but there's, we're going kind of, to like enrich my lives and life in ways that I, even I, though you could put a price tag on them, you can't put a price tag on them. Right. So I, I very much remember kind of once I got out of high school and and having student loans and like kind of like partially living off of that, partially living off of like my student work like job and then partially like my dad helping me out with rent Mm -hmm. which was like very helpful and awesome um for my college years (laughs) it was very contingent on some things however always is always is oh whatever oh that's for a different time um so yeah I, I remember like just kind of like but I was so able to live very thriftily and very mm-hmm. cheaply because I had done that so yeah. much of my life. Like, I worked through most of high school. Like, I had jobs. I did, too. And so in college, I worked with, like, a very part-time job. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, but, like, I I went to school at not the school that I wanted to, which was way cheaper than the school that I wanted to go Same. to. And it was in a very, very, very cheap city to live in. Like, mm-hmm. my rent was basically nothing. And I had a, a house, which, oh. I think back on that and I'm like, Lord, um, how much I paid for that house was ridiculous. But, you know, like all of those things are very possible. And then I remember like visiting um, a friend who went to college in New York and I was able to go for two months to visit because I was staying with the person who I was dating. So I was staying for free and I was able to just like live there. Yeah. And she was just like, how are you doing this? 
Like, because she was very much one of those people who's like, knows everything about money and was always going to be on top of her finances and her parents taught her everything and she yeah. was just she was studying finance so that she could get ahead in life like she actually she she told me at one point because I was like like artistically minded and all that bullshit um she was like yeah I'm just gonna be the rich one and then you're just gonna be the person who like writes poetry and like also just support you when we get old <laughs> oh my god and I remember being like whatever <laughs> like now I'm like oh she wasn't wrong but there are some people who are like driven and pushed to that you know like where they get that messaging from like it starts young yeah you know whereas like I am like I've never had anything I'm never gonna have opportunities like this so I'm just like do it sure take it I'm gonna take it right now and yeah I I have to pay off school anyway like I know that there's this huge debt that I don't really understand so I'm just gonna like take this life experience and and yeah, I remember her just sort of being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And me being like, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also, like, I mean, you, we, one, accrues debt, like, in order to, in some situations, like, it's the things, like we were saying, like, you can't put a price tag on. Yeah. It's just kind of like traveling or student loans. Like every single person I know has student loans. Yeah. Like I don't know anyone who doesn't have them and who won't be paying them off for a very long time, like myself included. Like, you know, and it's just debt becomes one of those things that is an inevitable thing. And then I, you know, when I didn't have, I, I, so when I was in my early 20s, uh, I was in a situation where I had to have a credit check done. And uh, it was around the time that I'd gotten diagnosed with MS and I was racking up uh, medical bills, but uh, no one was ever talking to me about the medical bills and that they were in my name. And so it was right around the time that I had the credit check done and it was fucking terrifying because a lot of things weren't paid because like my parent, I was in my twenties. No one had ever talked to me about it. But also they certainly weren't going to be like, I mean, I was in a job, not making very much. I was at the time getting ready to pay for Cobra, which at the time like was a $500 $500 a month and I was in my like early 20s because I had a pre-existing condition and I couldn't get insured so it was a whole fuckery situation so anyway I, I did this credit check and I realized my credit was so terrible and I, I remember when they told me your credit score is bad I mean call me stupid call me naive but I just didn't I'd never run into the, the phrase in, in the context of my own life and I was like yeah what is a credit score yeah I, I had no idea about any of that either. yeah and then when I ran it and I like they're like oh you need to look that's this that and the other and I remember going to my dad and just like being like I don't understand this like I have mm-hmm. to understand it and he talked me through it and he helped me out with it and he was like maybe you could buy like a book about it or something and I bought a Susie Orman book and the whole thing was like, get savings, pay off your debts, etc. And suddenly I was just like, I'm not really living lavishly now, mm-hmm. but like I need to make a habit of like saving and I need to make a habit of, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I was taught at a young age, like I should always have a certain amount of money in my savings account. But, you know, they never really told me what that was for. My mom always said, just make sure you have some money in your savings account. And then again, around the same time, early years before, I was like, it was enough to get an abortion. Like, it was always, like, whatever the going rate was yeah. to, like, in case I needed it. Right. Which at the time was, like, four or five hundred bucks. But, I, you know, like, yeah. 
and that was all I ever saved up for. I never, thank God I never had to use it and like pay for my savings with it. But right. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's interesting cause I, I, I was good at saving money for a while, but then it was just sort of like, I, I had no concept. Like looking back, I'm like, God, how, why, how did I have zero concept about money where it would be like, well, no one ever told, we didn't learn about it in school. Well, but here's the thing, like actual numbers. Like I, I had no, like nobody ever sat me down and was like, this is what you can expect to make based on like the current economic climate mm-hmm. and the type of job that you're like, my parents would just be like, Oh, don't be an English major. Go into journalism. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, when I told them I was going to be a theater major. Turns out doesn't pay much either. It was like, have something to fall back on. Right. (laughs) But it was like, but nobody ever sat down and was like, dollar to dollar, this is what you can, this is what you should be able to borrow and can pay back. You can expect to pay back in this many years. They don't want you to do that. Never. They want you to sign up for credit cards your freshman year on the fucking campus at the, yeah. And I never had a credit card, ever. And then... Yeah, it was until they were like, you need to start building credit. And then I got one. And then I also didn't understand, like, all right, what interest is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like, my knowledge of economics is so embarrassingly sad. And it's, Same. it's still terrible, but it was, like, ridiculous how little I knew about anything. No, me too. It was just sort of like, sure, that amount of money seems like if I get a job, I should just be able to pay it off. Like, if I work hard, I should just be able to pay it off. Yeah. And so, I mean, and I never, like, I didn't rack up, like, crazy amounts of credit card debt, but I do have this, like, student loan that just never made sense to me. And it just floated out there in the ether for a really long time. Like, for way too long. So, yeah, I mean, I just... Even now, I don't really understand my finances as well as I should. But I think that there's just a huge part that just doesn't want to face it. Because then you have to face all of your past mistakes. And then you have to face, like, how much you make now. And And it can feel insurmountable. Yes, absolutely. Because it's something that maybe you don't understand. And, Mm -hmm. like, you knew that it was willful ignorance. But it's just scary because it seems like you, like, how would I ever, because, like, when you see the grand total of, like, student loans or, you know, like, it can see, it can seem and feel because very often it is insurmountable Mm -hmm. because they want you to live with it forever because, like, they profit so much off the interest that they need you to pay that much. And the time that they want you to make the decisions to take out those loans and get those credit cards are very often at the time in your life where you don't understand it. And they're reliant upon that. Right. They're reliant upon you not knowing enough that you're going to make a dumb decision and you'll be paying them through the nose the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's weird to <clears throat> sort of come off of a mentality that, like, my parents had so strongly and then their parents had where it was just, like, that American dream shit. Yeah. Where, like, if you want it badly enough, you can do anything. Yeah. And if you work hard you can make any amount of money yeah and you will be able to do it and we have faith in you that you can do it you know (laughs) so you're kind of like imbued with all of this like youthful ignorance but then also within that like a, 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 a false confidence coming from also misinformation because well, I don't think that my parents are particularly the good 80s with market either. that yeah. they were also like living in and that we grew up in which was just like 
trickle down and it was so optimistic and like you're taught you you hit the nail on the head when you're like you can do anything like you'll pay it off like it'll be like but the system's rigged it's rigged against you in the first place and it was just so much like I don't want to let the lack of money get in the way of my dreams and so in certain ways it very much did because Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't fulfill a lot of the dreams when I was younger very much based on money but Mm -hmm. then you just kind of like hack your way through your finances and through your life to get as far in your dreams as you possibly can and I feel very proud of where I've reached based on like how little I like I had no nest egg or income from my parents or you know like it was very much all scrappy on my own and I do feel very proud of where I've managed to reach I feel a lot of shame about some of the the debts that I incurred and how I have dealt with those debts and or not dealt with them Mm -hmm. um and so there's just a lot that's just tied up in all of that where you when do you say like I I can't do something because of money or when do you like gamble on yourself and like go into a little bit of debt it's hard to know it's hard to know and it's also like there I you know I've known people my whole life who are like I bought the car I didn't have the money but I knew I'd figure it out and it would make me hustle you know and I've never been one of those people I'm just like oh god oh god Mm -hmm. and then I got a little older and I realized like I work hard I work full time like I, I God willing in the creek don't rise I'll figure it out right you know and like and I think that just becomes what has to happen later in your life at a certain point like you just have to yeah like you have to take certain risks that you may have not taken before and I also think I mean you know, I started off the the episode being kind of like, oh, I'm so cynical, da, da, da. but you know, and I'll end it on the same note. But part of the thing that I've been more willing to take risks, not financially necessarily, but in some ways financially, like I'll go out on a limb in the future, I think more for experiential things. Yeah. Because yeah. Ex- being in life is this, short. In, life is short. And it's just kind of like, what are what am I really living for? Yeah. Cause I need, you know, you and I have talked about this before and on the podcast, but like you work, you earn money, you accrue money, you pay the bills, da 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 da. Maybe you barely make ends meet. But you give your life to your job and at the end of the day you have to have something to look forward to. Right. There has to be a, a an ends a mean to the ends of like or ends to the mean ends to the mean. Mean to the ends? I means to the ends. Means to the... I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, money metaphor. We don't Money know. metaphor. I'm like, mean and There has to be a triangle something to with the, the something. Pythagorean theory. I don't know. That's geometry, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, there has to be... There's got to be a payoff. Mm-hmm. Or it's just not worth it. And then you find yourself in a rut. And I don't want that. Yeah, I don't either. And... I mean, there are so many things to be afraid of looking back on, you know, our, like, upbringing or our paths where it's, like, maybe we could end up in those spaces again or back into these 
situations that I, n I never want to be in. I don't want to face those things. But at the same time, it's like, maybe I... You could figure it out. I could figure it out. That's what I always tell myself. Right. Is like, I think the confidence that I've gotten w with regard to money and the thing that kind of keeps me from going totally insane about like, oh God, the debt numbers and the this and the yeah. that and like what I'm earning. And it's like, I'll fucking figure it out. Yeah. There's never been a time before when I haven't. And I've been dirt, dirt poor. Right. Not even as a kid, like as an adult, there yeah. have been times where I was like barely getting by. Like, and right. I've always seen it through. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think that, like, I can beat myself up a lot about certain things and just being like, oh, like, you're bad at adulting, because I, I very much am. Um, but the thing I, I kind of have to remember is that I've also been pretty independent for, like, most of my adult life. Yeah. And, like, even living in San Diego, when I got let go from my first, like, career job... Um, in marketing, I ended up, you know, it was kind of a rocky economic time in the country. And I ended up like just walking into a clothing boutique and getting a job and then end ending up being like the manager of the boutique. Mm -hmm. And it was a $10 an hour job. Yeah. And I still managed to find a way to live on my own. Nah, man, I had roommates, but you know, like live independently yeah. of like any help from anywhere um, on my own in a very expensive city. I mean, it was a lot less expensive then, but I don't know if I could do that now. But at the same time, like it was just like, I fucking figured hustler, it out you'll and make I it made happen. it work. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's hard to remember those things where like when you need to, you can like pull from, whatever you need to and just make it work and so like trusting yourself to to be able to do that even when like finances get a little dicey is 100 hard but there's this line from i think it's a marilyn chen book where she says one of the characters is like the one thing that she had taken away from living in poverty was to avoid it at all costs <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like yeah but yeah. also once you've done it Mm -hmm. you know what that side looks like and you know that you can yeah, yeah. I know how to tighten the purse strings I yeah. know how to like buckle down I know what that looks like and yeah and I think that maybe you and I when I was earlier saying like it feels schizophrenic for me but like I think it is because like I had nothing for so long that even having a little sometimes feels like I'm being super exuberant yeah when when in reality like I'm not, I'm just learning how to like have an income and balance all of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also just very much informed my own values in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because I, uh, we, we do play this game. I think a lot of people do this, uh, where when you talk about like, Oh, if I just like suddenly came into money, what would I do with mm -hmm. it? And I think that my answers would definitely be different in my younger years than they are now. Oh, I think yeah. that they are very much more informed by just like life experience and, and earning your own money and not having a lot of money to work with and, and all of those things. And, and I mean, do I aspire to wealth? I don't, not really. Would I like to have money? Who the fuck wouldn't? Then, I don't want to think about money. I right. want to have enough money that I don't think about money. Right. That would be lovely. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. 
it's just like that I could let that go. Right. Like it would be nice. And to be able to like, yeah. Um, we're almost at time. Oh my gosh. How did that happen? I know. I know. This one went by like super fast. It really did. Um, thanks wow. for sticking with us. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll talk more about money later. I think like we have, <laughs> clearly we, we have a lot to say about money. Um, and especially me. I feel like I talked a lot and I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. Like, no, we both did. Like that's, that's what this podcast is. It's us talking. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, if you just found us for the first time, I wanted to say, like, oh, it's not normally like this. We don't meander this much, but we do. We do. Um, <laughs> and if you're returning, you know that's the case. Yeah. Um, and you made it to the end. Oh, so congratulations your prize again. is that here. Another listen, episode. <laughs> listen hard, because I'm going to play a song, a sound only dogs can hear. Just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for hanging out. You can find us on the social at... ShamePod. Yep. Email us. ShamePod at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And if you got some money, shame, just, I almost just said believe in yourself. <laughs> but honestly. But yeah, do it. Do Why it. Not? And bet on yourself. You're, you'll figure yeah, it out. Bet on yourself and invest in the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Because who knows how long we'll be here. I mean, have you seen these climate reports? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It ain't great. <laughs> it ain't. Great. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll keep talking. Yep. Every Tuesday, so we'll see, see you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.